If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn me to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24, a very familiar portion of Scripture here. And Paul writes these words, and he says, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? He said, But only one person gets the prize. So run to win, he says. He says, All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away but we do it for an eternal prize. Paul says, so I run with purpose in every step. You see, what Paul is talking about is something that we're going to be discussing this morning. And I entitled this message this morning, Be Determined. Be Determined. You see, what Paul was talking about was exactly that. He said, I have determined in my life he said, knowing that I am in this race, and he said, it's, it's not a race to beat my fellow brothers and sisters, um, you know, to heaven. You know, we're not, we're not in a race in that, in that sort of fashion. But what he's saying is that, is that in this race, uh, we, we seek to win in this race that we are in, and this race that we are in is to, is to make it to heaven, Amen. Amen. We are, we are in it. Lord, uh, uh, thank you, Jesus, uh, because we have hope that was, that was given to us through the life of Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed, that we could have eternal life with our Father in heaven. We have this hope because of what has been given to us, as we've been talking about on Wednesdays, this this. Uh, uh, the, the greatest gift, the special gift that God has given to us. But we are, in fact, in this race, as Paul says, and uh, we are to finish strong. Paul says that, that it, is, it is something that, you know, we have races here on earth, we have, we have games here on earth where you win earthly prizes, and those earthly prizes, you know, in the form of, in the form of a trophy, in the form of uh, something that you wear around your neck, maybe it's a ring, uh, maybe it's, you know, monetary uh, value when it comes to, you know, finances or, or things of, of that sort. He says, he says, but we race for an eternal prize. We, we fight to, to win this prize that, that God has set forth for us to receive, and so Paul says to be determined. The definition of being determined is a firmness of purpose. A resoluteness, having made a firm decision and being resolved not to change it. How many of you have made decisions, decisions in your life and you were resolute to not change it? You know, you may, you may, you may call it stubbornness. Uh, you, you said, you know what, I am, I am set forth on this, on this uh, 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 goal and, 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 and on this trail, uh, and I am not going to waver. You know, I think, of, I think of, you know, many things that we are determined in life uh, to do, being that we are coming up to a new year. Maybe you are determined to, to have a better near, uh, year next year. How many of you have determined to see that take place in your life? 
I've determined to have a better year next year. Maybe you've, maybe you've determined uh, to pray more next year. Maybe you've determined in your life to study more. Maybe you've determined to serve more, to give more. Maybe some of us have, de have determined in our lives to have a better attitude going into next year. Amen. We could always use a better attitude, can't we? And the person sitting next to you says amen. <laughs> Each and every one of us, we, have, we need to set forth these goals and, and these things that we want to see take place in our lives. And with the help and the direction of the Holy Spirit within our lives, we will see these things come to pass. Maybe you've, maybe you've determined in your life that, you know, you know what, I'm going to see this healing take place in my life. I'm determined to see it. I'm determined to see my unsafe family members receive the Lord in their heart. I'm determined, amen, to see my kids walk in these doors once again. I'm determined to see these things take place. I'm determined, amen, to have a better marriage, amen, with your current spouse, amen. Let's make that very clear. I'm determined, amen, to see things get better in my life. See, living with determination is so vital for you and I. Why? Because it gives us purpose. When we have determined to do something, now we have some purpose in getting some stuff done. We have set a goal. We're not just wandering aimlessly. We can use it in so many areas in our lives. I think of, I think of things that we have here. You know, coming up, we have uh, some big uh, uh, church outreach events that we have coming up. And for many of us, we need, to, we need to come to these events with purpose. All of us. We need to come with purpose. What do I mean? Well, it's kind of like, you know, be, you know, being determined, you know, I'm going to determine to pray with someone during these events. We're going to have a lot of visitors. A lot of, a lot of people here for the very first time. And they've come to this place because of what is being offered, but little do they know that the greatest gift that they can receive is gonna be that which you have to offer them. It's that knowledge that you have of the Lord, and you say, you know what, I'm determined that I'm gonna lead someone to the Lord during these next events here. I'm determined that at Christmas Wonderland that I'm gonna to get to pray with someone I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see, I'm gonna see a, a, a God do miraculous things in people's lives because I am determined to see it done. I want to look at a couple of things here to, uh, this morning that we need to be set out to see. Number one is be determined to live a life that pleases God. This is so key.
I want to live a life that pleases God. You know, there's, there's times, there's many struggles in this, in this walk and, and on this road. And there's many oppositions that come our way that try to take us off course. But this is where God wants us to be, that in our mind and in our heart, that we have decided, we are determined to do this. In Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says this, and it says, But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. It says, He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. See, Daniel purposed in his life to do what was right. Many times we have these convictions, amen, from the Holy Spirit that will keep us from doing certain things or involving ourselves in certain circumstances. And it's our conviction. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit tells us, don't do these things. Don't, don't go over there. It's not going to be good. And it's up to us to listen. And Daniel and his friends, as they were, as they were given instruction, their conviction took over. Their commitment that they made to God took over in this moment and said, you know what? No, 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 no. I, I can't. I'm not going to do these things because these things will not please the Lord. I have made a commitment to God, and I cannot give in to such demands. The king did something very interesting here. And what the king did was he put them through a test. And what he did was he said, all right, you know what? Then let's have Daniel and his friends, since they have decided not to eat what has been offered to them, let them live on what they have decided to eat. Let them eat their vegetables as they have decided to partake of. And on the other side, we're going to have these men who are going to partake of, of all that I have to offer them. All this good eating and this good food, all of this protein, they will be partaking of. And after 10 days, we will see who is healthier. And so they did this, and Daniel and his friends they kept to it and to the commitment that they have made to God and to not to not eat these to not eat these unacceptable foods. The Bible says that in the end, after those 10 days, Daniel and his friends were much healthier than the ones who ate whatever they wanted to eat. And this is what God does in our lives, that when we live a life to honor him, amen, he gives us that supernatural strength. He does this for us all the time. As we have made a decision to honor God, he makes a decision to bless you. He says, you know what? Oh, my goodness. Look, look at my son. Look at my daughter. They have made a decision to honor me. 
How can I not bless that? And Daniel and his friends seen the blessings of obedience in their lives, and so did the king. See, purposing to do what is right requires us to go against the desires of our flesh. And it's not always easy. It's not always easy, right? Because before, before Christ, we would just, you know, whatever the flesh wanted, we would feed it. You know, kind of like, like that spoiled child. You know, I want this, I want that. And, you know, and we just say, oh, okay, here you go. And I want this and I want that. Okay, here you go. Well, no, I want this and I want that over here. Okay, here you go. And you just give them whatever they want. That's not good parenting. And that's not the way God desires for us to live because it is also unhealthy living. That's why God places the, the importance on feeding the Spirit. Why? Because when you feed the Spirit, God is going to supernaturally move in your life, and He's going to give you that nourishment that nothing else can give you here on earth. Exactly what you and I need. The writer of Psalm 119, verse 112, writes this, and he says, I am determined to obey you until I die. Other translations say, I have decided. I have decided. You know, it's someone who seeks to be obedient to God. Someone who wants to do it. Not so, you know, God doesn't want anyone to be forced to do it. He wants you to decide to do it. Decide to serve me. Decide to be obedient to my voice. Decide in your own life to live a life that pleases me. That's what I want for you, God says. And we must decide first in our hearts. And as that seed is planted in our hearts, you will bear fruit. You will. That's why Solomon writes in Proverbs 4.23, and he says this, he says, guard your hearts Above all else, Solomon says, for it determines the course of your life. He says, guard your heart, because from your heart comes the words that you speak. You ever hear someone, you ever hear someone say something to you, and, 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 and it was you know, quite, you know, it, was, it maybe could have been like offensive, but they're like, oh, I'm just kidding. I was just messing with you. No, they meant it. They meant it. <laughs> it, would, it, it. It came from the heart, and then they just said it, and then tried to cover it up with, oh, you know, I didn't really mean that. We need to be careful. We need to be careful of what is taking place in our heart. Why? Because it's going to come out of the mouth. It will show itself. And this is why it's so important for us to have God clean the, the, uh, the inside, Amen to do that deep cleaning in our lives. I think of going to the dentist. How many of you, of you like going to the dentist? No one here. <laughs> no one. I had went just recently, and, and you know, I, I have my mixed feelings on the dentist. You know, I end up feeling better, you know, in the end after getting work done, but oh, it's like pulling teeth, huh? 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, going to the dentist, you know, we, everyone here, before you go to the dentist, what do you do? You brush your teeth. Don't you? No one goes with yuck mouth. You're going to brush your teeth. You're going to use some scope, you know, you know, whatever, you know, kind of mouthwash you use. You're going to make sure that, you know, those things are, are pearly white. You know, you, you're going to try to get all the plaque off of your teeth that's been sitting there for the past few days. You're going to floss. Your teeth won't be, your gums won't be used to it, so you're going to be bleeding all over the place because you haven't flossed in about a year. But you're going to do all these things to prepare yourself for the dentist. And then what do, what do you hear when you get there and they check your teeth? Oh, you need some deep cleaning. You're like, no, 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 no. It's got to be wrong. I did deep cleaning this morning. I brushed for a solid two minutes <laughs> as opposed to 15 seconds. I was, I was brushing. I can't believe those teeth are still there. I was brushing so hard. I did everything that you guys want me to do. How could I possibly need deep cleaning? See, what we don't see is what's on the inside. What that dentist sees are those x-rays. And he sees that inflammation. He sees that uh, 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 those, those infections that may be taking place in those gums that need, those, that need that deep cleaning. I've always thought it was just to get some extra money. You know, they just, they just want to make money off me. I don't need no deep cleaning. But God knows that I did. But it's those things that you cannot see that need to be removed, that need some attention, that need tending to. And it's no different from our hearts. Those things that others may not see but that needs some attention. That's why David writes in Psalm, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart because I understand that if my heart is clean, then my words are going to be clean. If my heart is clean, my mind is going to be clean. My life is going to be clean. The fruit that I produce through my life is going to be clean fruit. But it all stems from the heart. Jesus even said these words in Matthew 12, 34. He says, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. We need to be careful. We need to be careful to be really slow to speak and quick to hear God's voice. God, help us to choose our words carefully, to season our words with your love, with your grace, your mercy, your kindness, and your gentleness. Paul writes these words in the book of Romans, chapter 7, verse 15. And I want you to listen carefully to what Paul is saying here in these few verses. In Romans seven fifteen, Paul says this. He says, 
I don't really understand myself. Have any of you ever been there before? I don't really understand myself. He says, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. How many of you can relate to what Paul is talking and what he's writing? He says, instead, I do what I hate. He says, but if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. He says, and I know that nothing good lives in me. He says, that is in my sinful nature. He says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. He says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. He says, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. He says, but if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. What you got to understand here is that Paul is not making excuses for the sin in his life. He's not saying, oh, you know what? I'm scot-free because it really wasn't me. It was someone else. <laughs> someone else did those things, and so, and so I can, I, you know, I, I, I'm not at fault. No, what Paul was saying basically was that he understood that there is a battle taking place within his own life. There's a war taking place in his life. And this war is against the spirit and the flesh. The spirit wants to do what is healthy, what is healthy for, for you, what is going, to, what is going to, to bless your life, what is going to promote good health, amen, what is going to uh, uh, help you to live a life that pleases God. And the flesh just wants what the flesh wants at that moment. The flesh is always about feelings. The flesh is always about emotions. That's why, you know, at times we, we uh, you know, we can emotionally eat. And we think, we think this is going to help us. And this is going to, to cause us to forget what just took place in our lives. And we do these types of things to try, to try to drown other things out. But it doesn't work. When we, when we use those worldly things, we end, up, we end up feeling worse in the end. Well, why did I do that? Man, I felt bad in the first place and I feel even worse now. Well, we were listening to the flesh. We gave in to the desires this is what we have to show for it. But when we, as the body of Christ, make a decision to feed the Spirit, when we make a decision to be slow to speak and quick to read the Word of God, when we are, when we are slow to tell someone off and we are quick to tell God about it, When we are slow at taking matters into our own hands and quick in giving it to the Lord. We are feeding the spirits. 
The Bible talks about three young men that made a decision to serve God. In Daniel 3.16, we read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And as they say these words to the king, and they say, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. As they were instructed to bow before the king. He says, if, they said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But they said, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it very clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. You see, these men determined in their life not to bow down to these false gods. I see something that is very key in this scripture is that there was a group of them. There was three of them. And I believe God is telling us this morning that we need to surround ourselves with like-minded people. Individuals who are going to encourage you to strive to live a life that pleases God. Because we know there's individuals who are going to try to knock us down and, and make fun and criticize. There's many of them. There are a dime a dozen out there. But to find that person that says, you know what? No, no, no. You keep seeking God. You keep doing what is right. I'm standing behind you. I'm praying with you. We're in this together. That's what you need in your life. And you hold on to them and you cherish them. This is what these young men had was each other. See, because it's, a, it's, a, it's more difficult to take a stand on your own than it is with a group. That's just real. It's more, it's more difficult for you as one individual to take a stand against the whole world. But when you have that body of Christ with you, when you have those brothers and sisters in the Lord that are, that are at your side and they say, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. I've determined not to bow down to these statues. You know what? I've determined as well. You know what? I'm with you guys. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Let's hold true to our convictions. Let's hold true to what God has called us to do. And we will stand up for righteousness. See, there is power in numbers. The Bible says there's even more power uh, when it's just the two of uh, individuals. Just to have one person by your side is powerful, is impactful. Why? Because you're able to encourage each other. There's going to be times when, when, when uh, uh, one of them stumbles in their faith and the other is able to, is able to encourage them and, and, and to lift them back up to their feet and say, let's keep moving forward. We're talking about living a life that pleases God. 
something else that God is pleased with is, is service. As we serve others, God is pleased with that. He loves that. That is who He is. One thing that I've noticed in my life is that grateful people are the ones who serve. It's those grateful people. It's those ones who are so, so thankful for all that God has done in their life, and they give so freely. They're just so ready to serve. I thank God. I thank God for that gratefulness in our hearts that we are able to say, man, God has blessed me so much. God has given me beyond what I could even imagine. And I just, I'm so blessed to give. I'm so blessed to serve someone else. And the great thing about serving is that everyone, every single one of us has the ability to do so. You have it. You're able to serve that person sitting next to you. You're able to serve that person sitting in front of you, behind you. You're able to do it. Why? Because you have something to give. You do. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say that, that, that you don't have what it takes, that you need more time. You need to hear more messages from the Lord. <laughs> You're ready right now. You're ready right now. If you made a decision to allow Christ to come into your heart and the Holy Spirit is now dwelling within you, you are ready to start serving. Secondly here is be determined to stay the course. See, after we've determined to live a life that pleases God, we need to be determined to stay with it. Amen? There's many times in my life, personally, where I felt like, like giving up. You know, I'm not saying on, on, on God. But when, it, but when it comes to, you know, where, where God, where the, you know, the title or position, things like that. God, I'm, I'm done, Lord. <laughs> call, me, call me somewhere else. You know, but what keeps me is that calling from God upon my life. That's what keeps me doing what I do. Because if, if, if it was something to where, you know, it was somewhere where Daniel placed himself, speaking for my own life, then that is something that I could just give up. But because I know in my heart that God has called me to this place and God has called me to this, to this position of, of, of encouragement or, or uh, um, uh, you know, to, to, to give knowledge then I know that if I just stick with it, stick with it, that God is going to give me the strength that I need. That if I just stick with it, that God is going to help me every step of the way. See, we must never give up. We need to keep going. Staying the course is a phrase used in the context of war or or a battle the opposite of staying the course would be to would be to to uh, 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 cutting um, 
cutting and running. The opposite of staying the course is to cut and run, to withdraw from the battle, to pull yourself out. In, there's, in life, there's always opportunities to quit, isn't there? This week, you're going to face many opportunities to quit. And I'm not saying all together, but maybe things that you have, have, are, are seeking God for. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop seeking that because it's just not going to happen. I've been seeking you for a very long time in this matter. And those opportunities will present themselves in our lives, but we must stay the course. When the going gets tough, the, the tough keeps going, amen? We need to keep going. We can't throw in the towel. Paul's words are recorded in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. When he says this, and he says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And Paul says, man, my life means nothing to me if I don't finish what I have started in the Lord. If I do not complete this mission that he has given to me, then my life is, it, it means nothing. And Paul says, in this mission that God has given to me, that my Lord has entrusted to me, is to spread the good news. And each and every one of us can do that. Each and every one of us has the ability to spread good news. Amen. Raise your hand if you have good news in this place. Are any of you storing some good news that can be shared with someone else? I pray that those hands that didn't go up and you're just full of bad news, that God is going to give you good news. Amen. God is going to give you good news to share. Because I know that if we dig down deep enough, we can find things to encourage others in. There are situations in our lives that God has brought us through that he desires to use for someone else. And maybe we just forgot about it. Oh, yeah. Wow, I remember. I remember God brought me through this. Wow, that's right. That's right. I thank God for, for my wife to remind me of those things in my life as well. There's times that I forget about things that God did in my life, that I've, that I've seen God moving on my behalf. And she is a reminder to me, hey, you remember this? You remember that? That's right. That's exactly what God did. He's faithful. If he can get me through that, he can get me through this too. I know he can. So you are vital in God's great plan. You matter. Amen. You matter this morning. I don't care what the enemy has lied to you with. You matter. I don't care what others have said to you. You matter. I don't care what you have said to yourself. Amen. You matter. 
And this is what God seeks for all of us to understand. This is his message for you, that you matter. You are of great value. You are of great worth. Luke 4.42, Bible says, In the morning Jesus went to a place where he could be alone. The crowds searched for him. When they came to him, they tried to keep him from leaving. But, but he, Jesus, said to them, I have to tell the good news about God's kingdom in other cities also. That's what I was sent to do. You see, although the people wanted, to, wanted Jesus to stay with them, because they, they liked to be around him, they were, they were uh, uh, you know, so excited to see all the miracles take place, to hear his messages, to hear those messages like they've never heard before in their lives, to, have, to see someone speak with such authority, but such love. They wanted to be around him, but Jesus says, look, what good am I if I stay here with you guys right now? I already gave you the good news. Now others need to hear about it as well. You've already received from what, I, from what I have to give to you. Now I must leave here because if I don't, then I am not going to fulfill the calling that my Father has sent me to do in the first place. You see, Jesus was mission-minded. He was determined to stay the course. As our worship team comes forward this morning, you see, God is speaking to us this morning right now that we must stay the course. That God, is, that, that, that God is going to help us every step of the way we know he is. He's going to help us to live that life that pleases him. That as, we, that as we've determined, you see, what, what took place with, with Daniel and his, and, and his friends was that they determined to not defile themselves with that food from the king. And they may, that may sound like a minor decision. It may, it may seem like it wasn't, you know, what, what's the real importance of that? You know, if they, were to, if they were to eat the king's food, would they go to hell? They made a commitment to the Lord. They based what they did off of the commitment that they had made to the Lord. And what took place in their life is that after they passed that test, they were faced with another. And this is what's gonna take place in our lives. There will be testing after testing after testing. But we need to understand this from these young men's life here is that because they took that stand from the get-go, they were able now to take those stands in even greater times. Where the first one was just not eating certain foods. Yeah, I can, I can refrain from that. But the second one was having to face a blazing furnace. Now what are you gonna do? Will you bow down? Will you give in? Will you say, you know what, you won. You won, I'll bow down. I'll bow down to whatever you want me to bow down to. Just don't throw me in there. Just don't do this to me. 
What are you going to do? It's those small stands that we take in our lives that will lead to even greater ones. It'll help us stand to the end. God, I have determined in my life to serve only you. Only you, Lord. Only you. Only you deserve the praise. Only you get my worship. Only you do I bow down. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.